So hi everyone, I'm here with Rob Tyler today. Uh, he uh, specialises in the in the world of behavioural change and management coaching. So, so Rob, thanks very much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. Pleasure, Chris. Um, so I thought it'd be quite interesting just to chat a little about all of the changes that have happened over the last few years, but in particular what's happened to, to management teams um, and individuals in terms of like how we've reacted to that. I think what, what's underneath this really is a, an individual reaction that's centred around a relationship between either um, the, the seeking of certainty or the building of resilience. And, mm. you know, you could, you could think of those really as, as two ends um, like of an axis. And I think the important thing is, is for individuals to know what their preference is because the behaviours, depending on whether you're seeking certainty, or you're comfortable with your self-resilience can be very different. Mm. So it might be worth us actually thinking about what that means, you know, mm. what, what, what seeking certainty really means. And I think that it's um, looking for uh, you know, unreasonable uh, or, or rather reasonable uh, knowledge that what you expect um, is likely to happen. And, you know, within certainty itself, there's, you know degrees of certainty so for example i can be fairly certain that tomorrow morning when i go outside it's not going to be 91 degrees mm. um, and to be honest even if it was um, i can equally be fairly certain that i will find uh, a t-shirt and shorts to put on mm. so that that level of certainty for me is never going to be an issue um, so i think it's more to do with dealing not so much with certainty but dealing with you know what uncertainty can bring mm. um, and how that makes me feel so we had a huge amount of change that's happened over the last few years do you think that sort of like drives a lot of the the uncertain feeling i mean and that certainly in terms of like even like things like from a personal point of view planning holidays or planning what you're going to do even next weekend there was so much change going on has that really impacted the people who like really value that certainty I think it does, yeah, yeah. Because I think it comes down to how you, you know, what, how you feel about certainty. So mm. you, you could think of it in one way. You could think about it is, um, you know, if you're looking for certainty, or, or should we say, the avoidance of uncertainty, mm. then your mind is probably drifting towards um, a kind of outcome which might be good or bad. Mm. So your focus is, well, it's either going to work out or it's not going to work out. And then with that, you can develop a certain amount of, uh, of tension or anxiety around that because your mm. mind will go to, well, so I really hope it doesn't turn out bad. I really mm. want it to be good. So, you know, you, you've given yourself a, a sort of yes, no type of, of scenario to play with, which mm. I think can be can with, with certain people can be somewhat troublesome. Mm. Um, what I would argue that if you were to move away from the quest for certainty, which you know, arguably is quite futile anyway, mm. um, and focus in on building self-resilience, then your mind then becomes more trusting of your own abilities to be able to deal with a situation, whatever happens. Mm. So you know, you're not looking at it being either good or bad. You're, you're saying to yourself, well, it's either going to be good this way, and if it doesn't quite work out, then I will trust myself that it's going to be good in a different way. I will yeah. deal with whatever I'm facing. Um, because as we've, you know, as we've learned over the last uh, couple of years, um, there is a massive amount of uncertainty around. And mm. I think it, it, it's on us really to, to think in terms of, well, what can we do to build our self-resilience and deal with that uncertainty as and when it comes up, rather than 
um, look for the certainty in the hope that uh, bad things will never happen because uh, I'm sure they will uh, on, a, on a pretty much ongoing basis. Yeah. So you're making me think there a bit about, I was reading something the other day around uh, businesses and, and you can, you know, how much time do you spend sort of like protecting what you've got versus thinking about how you can go and get something new and it's sort of like it's a different mm. psychology in terms of am I inward looking and am I protecting what I've got so everything I do is around protecting what I've got yeah and that generates a different behavior from going out there and trying to expand what I've got and maybe going to new areas and, and you're making me think about that in terms of certainty in terms of and there's yeah. so much change going on do you think we spent the first part of the pandemic just inward looking and just trying to protect what we've got rather than sort of being more expansive and sort of improving relationships or going out and sort of finding new connections um, yeah. and that sort of psychologically impacted us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you raise a really important point there. Um, and I think there are a couple of things. First of all, I think within, with certainty, um, you're focusing on um, sort of exogenous mm. situations. In other words, things that are going to happen to you coming from the outside world. Right. Whereas with, with resilience, it's more endogenous in the sense that yeah, you're you're looking inwards and trusting your own knowledge of your own abilities and skill sets to be able to deal with whatever comes at you from the outside world. Right. And they're, they're two very different um, foci of attention, if you like. Um, but to your point, um, you're reminding me of uh, some of the work of Carol Dweck, which mm. is around mindsets mm. and having a having a fixed mindset and having a growth mindset. Yeah. And. And the issue that you quite rightly raised around the fixed mindset is that um, you're protecting what you've got. Mm. You don't want to lose anything. You're, you, know, you, you have a, a batch of resources, achievements, and because you're fixed, you're more likely to think in terms of the risk of losing what you've got rather than adding to what you've got. Mm. And then with, you know, with a mindset which is much more towards growth, you're thinking in terms of, well, okay, I've got what I've got, but what can I now do to build upon that, build out my resources, um, move on to deal with ever-changing future circumstances? So, I, I, yeah, and I think that's that's probably come into play. Um, yeah. And I suspect in the corporate world, you've got businesses that uh, foresaw, if you like, um, mm. the need to be able to change with the times, uh, you know, particularly those that have embraced technology. And those organisations that maybe got a little bit too fixed in what they have now um, mm. and then got caught out when when the world around them changed during the pandemic. And, and is, it, is it fair to say so? So what you're saying around resilience, going back to that, is if you build the resilience, then you don't have to have that fixed mindset. You don't have to protect what you've got because you're resilient to it. So you can turn into a bit more of that growth mindset. And it doesn't have to be just business. It can be from a, a personal point of view in terms of growing yourself or growing out and you know finding finding new things or new experiences I mean is that is that kind of, does that kind of link in terms of what you're what you're kind of saying or yeah I mean it's uh, it's, it's it's an inward trust in yourself that whatever yeah. the situation uh, that you face you will be able to deal with it yeah. um, and I think that sucks away a lot of the anxiety because if your focus is on um, uncertainty or the avoidance if you like of uncertainty then that's a world in which your your mind goes to what you know, what's going to happen to me if you know X Y Z happens. Mm. Um, whereas conversely, you know, with a, a a resilient mindset, you can be thinking in terms of well, you know, I trust myself that when the inevitable happens, as it will mm. at some point, I will be able to deal with that. 
Mm. And then, of course, the more you do that, the more you trust you'll be able to do it again. Because yeah. you can refer back to similar situations that you know, came, came along in the past that you're able to conquer. So we've had to be resilient to manage the change. But do you think, mm. do you think we're getting burnt out by constantly having to be resilient? So there's almost like it's not just about, I think we were, a lot of us were, were resilient at the start, but it's, you have mm. to have sustained resilience, don't you? Over the long term is kind of what you're saying, is because the change isn't going away and it sort of burns you out to a certain extent. Well, I mean, I think what I would say is that being self-resilient should become a way of life mm. because uh, personally, I don't see any value in, in trying to avoid uncertainty. I think that's, that's hard work and, you know, quite anxious. <laughs> Whereas, you know, building self-resilience is about, you know, building yourself up literally, um, equipping yourself with future resource, uh, having this growth mindset um, and making that your, your way of being. Um, so what I would encourage, you know, to uh, the folk watching this is you know, think about how self-resilient you are and what you're doing to make yourself more self-resilient. And, you know, is it a way of life or, or are you living in a world of trying to avoid uncertainty? Yeah. And I suppose what, what are your like, you know, top tips uh, in terms of like trying to build that resilience mindset? I mean, what are the things that, that it's worth us thinking about? Well, I think the first thing you've got to do is, is to you know, become fully self-aware. Mm -hmm. um, really try to understand yourself as best you can in terms of you know, what your skill sets are. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think that I think there's a combination of, of awareness and skills. So, you know, we all know or we all think we know what we're good at. But the first question around that is, you know, how do we know that we know that we're good at it? Mm. Um, you know, where's the evidence? So, you know, it's just first of all, just validating that we, we you know, we, our beliefs, if you like, are true. Mm. Um, the other thing is that you know, there are probably things that we're very good at and skills that we have that we're unaware of. Mm. Um, what other people see in you that you may mm. not see in yourself mm. or indeed may not be prepared to accept Mm. Uh, in yourself so I think it's really important you know to, to reach out to other people and try to get that information input so that you, mm. you're fully aware of um, what your full skill set is mm. um, but really importantly you know when people tell you that you have a skill in a certain area actually believe them <laughs> um, <laughs> rather than politely um, shrug your shoulders and, and you know and, and go back to your original thoughts um, but just to complete that, you know, the, the other the other thing which I think is really important, and this is where I think it, it helps to build a little bit of more self-resilience is, yeah, we all have areas where we, you know, where we don't trust ourselves. We don't believe we can do certain things. We don't believe that we can handle situations in a certain way. And I think in those situations, we have to sort of challenge our thoughts a little bit mm. and ask ourselves, well, you know, I believe that I will never be this. Mm. So where's the evidence to support that? Could, mm. you def could you defend those thoughts, you know, in a given situation um, and, and question, you know, the validity of your thoughts, but also, you know, what would you have to do to change that situation? Because yeah. all of that, I think, gives you a much more rounded um, level of self-awareness. And that level of self-awareness will indicate to you the extent to which you can become much more self-resilient. Yeah. And I suppose we've all seen examples of, People have been doing one thing uh, in one part of their life, and they've sort of done a 180 degree change and done something else. And I suppose it's it is in Absolutely. there, but it's, it can be the like almost like it's almost like the self beliefs that stop us doing it. Yeah. Like, oh, I can yeah. never do that, right? But actually, you might be able to. You just haven't tried yet, right, I suppose.
Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's the way you perceive yourself. You see yourself one way, but maybe you don't see yourself another. Yeah. And, and by not seeing yourself in another way, you immediately close off that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. It's like, almost like the, fra- the framing of how you sort of think about yourself. Absolutely. Uh, I want to go back to, I suppose, it also links back to the growth mindset as well, with just what you said mm. around evidencing how you can change things. If you don't try things, surely, and having a growth mindset means you do try things, then you get more evidence to know that you can do these other things. I, I would think that's what. It's... Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you're, you, you're right. I think it's compounding. You know, yeah. the more you the more you do it, the more belief you'll have in yourself that you can um, adapt to those changes, um, and the more you'll go seeking further change. Yeah. Um, it's self-propelling in that respect. Yeah. Absolutely. So the other thing that's talked about quite a bit at the moment is is you know there's been a lot of sort of change in the workforce and it's sort of you know it's like two years after the pandemic and it does feel like everyone seems to be changing jobs um i mean <laughs> I, the number the number of the number of job job uh, adverts i see or people looking for new positions um you know and some of that is probably you know growth that's been stalled uh but i mean there seems like there's a big sort of like almost like churn of people going to, to new roles in mm. the market and a lot of people have got um you know, are looking for positions that they can't fill these days. I mean, what, what do you mm. think, almost like psychologically or behaviourally, is sort of generating the reason why we all want to change um, and, and find something new? Yeah, well, I mean, we've just been through, you know, a, a, a massive unplanned psychological experiment, if you like, yeah. um, living, through, living through the pandemic. Um, and it's bound to have, have, have stimulated a lot of uh, individual reflection um, yeah. on what people really want to get out of their lives. Mm. And I think that's part of it is, you know, uh, apart from the fact that the technology supports a different way of working, so you mm. don't necessarily have to do what you did before in the way that you did it. Um, it's given people, I think, um, you know, a form of introspection that, you know, th- there's a lot of way, a lot of ways that you can get value out of your life. Um, mm. and maybe with what's being done thus far isn't really uh, the way forward. So mm. I think some of that stimulates the change. Um, but, you know, there is this situation of, of managing your work life cycle as well, your career mm. life cycle, mm. because you can either stick with what you've got and run the risk of sticking with it too long to the point where you're no longer getting any value out of it. Or you can recognize that you're no longer going to get any further value out of what you're doing and that it's time to move on and start looking for something different. Yeah. Um, and, and the trick is actually to get the balance right because, you know, it, in some cases it can be um, damaging to one's career or even, you know, to one's existence, if you like, to spend too much time doing the same thing when you're no longer really getting any value out of it. In other words, you're just doing it as a, you know, as a habit rather mm. than as a purpose. Um, that can be quite damaging. But equally, it can be quite damaging not to stay in a position long enough to be able mm. to um, benefit from that position. Yeah, build the skills. Well, the risk, the risk is that you either stay somewhere far too long um, or you end up hopping around too much, neither mm. of which is, is, the, is the perfect mix. So... It's finding it's finding the right balance for yourself, I think, and finding the point at which you can say to yourself, now is a good time to do things differently. Mm. And I think probably, you know, because of the conditions that we've had during the pandemic, um, folk have had that space and they've had that opportunity 
to be able to think a little bit about you know, where are they in their career cycle and what is going to be best for them going forward. So yeah. you've got that. You've got that opportunity, if you like, that we've had to, to have that self-reflection combined with a changing environment. Mm. And that's very suppose, different. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you look back at you know, 2019, that situation didn't exist, but, but it has over the last couple of years. And I suppose you talked a bit about habit. I mean, how many of us were in the habit of, you know, commuting, commuting into a major city and sort of like, you know, going to the office and, and, and then also like have this change forced on you, don't you? It's kind of like, well, actually, I don't have to do that for a while. And it's like, well, did I really enjoy that? Did it really add a lot of value? I'm still getting the same stuff done I did before. Maybe I need to change. Exactly. Maybe it sort of crystallizes those thoughts to a certain extent. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is why I, I kind of refer to it um, as, a, as a sort of unplanned experiment, really, because... Yeah. Um, you know, the individuals have learned and discovered what's possible within themselves. And that, as you quite rightly point out, you don't necessarily have to be on a tube train every day in order to get your job done. Mm. Um, but I think also organizations have gone through a learning experience. Mm. Um, uh, and they themselves have realized that in certain instances that you, know, you don't necessarily have to have your staff sitting at their desk in front of you being watched mm. over 24 seven mm. in order in order to trust and, and indeed um, accrue the benefits of, of their employment in your organization. So um, there's been learning all around. Um, and this experiment, I think, that we've been through has effectively, um, and when I say experiment, and I'm not trying to undermine the difficulties that everyone's had, um, but the, the experience that you know, everyone has, has learned from that particular time frame has given a different way of, of working going forward. And I think both organisations and individuals have been able to adapt to that. And if you take a step back just on the on the pandemic, I mean, in, in nearly all, I mean, all countries in the world, we've all been affected. And you think about it mm. being like a sh common shared experience, either mm. in terms of, you know, the pandemic itself and obviously the, the health risks that have been there, but also in terms of certainly in Western Europe, North America, you know, a lot of a lot of Asia as well. It's like just the lockdowns that have taken place as well. I mean, we've all been through the same. It's all kind of the same experience. Uh, there's a, there's a quite a commonality around the humanity in terms of our experience to a certain extent that we we've all shared, which has probably never happened in, in that kind of scale before. I would think globally. Yeah, well, almost certainly. Yeah, yeah. And one yeah. thing's for sure that whoever you speak to anywhere, any part of the world, you're going to have some common ground at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and be able to share your individual experiences in your own environment. Um, so in that respect, yeah, I suppose we're, we're kind of being brought together a little bit globally um, because, you know, we all we're all effectively going through the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's quite, it's quite interesting to see how that, so that sort of dynamic will kind of change. Um, mm. you know, does it give you a bit, does it give us a bit more sort of coming together, really, because we've got more common ground rather than emphasising the differences, which is what we seem to, you know, humans seem to do quite a bit. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, in any in any relationship, in any group relationship, um, you're faced with the possibility of either focusing on similarities or focusing on the differences. Mm. And um, you probably heard me say this before that, you know, if, if you if you can look for the similarities that helps you build rapport yeah. with your with your team members, whether it's locally or globally. Um, and if you focus on the differences, well, the benefit there is to look what you can learn from the other person mm. rather, rather than the threat that those differences might bring. Yeah.
So depending on how you view them, similarities and differences can give you uh, multiple benefits, particularly yeah. when working as teams and groups, yeah. either locally or globally. Yeah, that's, 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 that's good advice these days. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, that's for sure. So, uh, and just going back to, I suppose, the remote working piece, I mean, so that's, that's obviously, we've all been working remotely, um, you know, and there's pros and cons, I think, of that. And we just talked about some of the pros, but there's there's mm. definitely, I hear some themes around what the cultural impacts are of that, um, you know, and in terms of like, and how do you build culture? And if you go back in the office, do you build more of a culture or can share the culture? I mean, what what's the, I mean, What's almost like the Goldilocks zone in terms of not too hot, not too cold, in terms of trying to find, trying to optimize our experience so we can sort of still have that culture, or still have that shared culture, and yet get some of the benefits we kind of have. Mm. Well, I, th- I think overall, um, you know, working differently, the the job is to strip out the waste, mm. if you like, and, and keep mm. the good stuff ultimately. Mm. Um, what you don't want to do is throw out the good stuff with the waste. So the waste mm. would be yeah, unnecessary commuting time, for example. But the, ben- mm. but the, ben- the benefits you want to hang on to is the ability to be able to continue to build relationships and, mm. and have a good rapport with your teammates. Um, but I think, it, you know, I don't think you can generalize over it you know, completely because you've got you know, individuals are, you know, have their own uh, ways of working, uh, their own preferences, their own personalities and so on and i think folk have to find their own middle ground in this Mm. new way of working some people want more time in the office other people are quite happy working from home um so i don't think you can have a generalized everybody must do this or everybody must do that but i think creating an environment where folk are able to pick the best way of working for them Mm. um, for the benefits of themselves and for the benefits of the organization they work for um makes good sense because that way um you've got an employee driven way of working mm. rather, rather than an imposed way of working um mm. i think from a motivation standpoint that can only be a good thing so it sounds like you're sort of saying we've got to sort of boil it down to uh, almost like the, the personal interaction so to make sure you're understanding where the person's coming from trying to sort of tailor it around around each of us as much as one size fits all yeah, yeah, definitely not a one size fits all because I think one size fits all is what we've what we've had for the last five hundred years. Yeah. I think you know I think the um, it's allowing individuals the freedom within a framework to be able to work out what's best for them, um, and you know bring together if like they need their own needs, but but obviously importantly with the needs of the organisation as well. Yeah. And do you think there's greater awareness of that as a result of what we've been through um, than, than there has been? Or do you think we'll, we'll, we, there is a danger we could just snap back into the way it was before? I'm not sure it will snap back into the way it was before. I think it's more likely to, to always be different going forward. Mm. Um, I, and I go back to what I was saying just now. I think there'll be an element of just not doing the bad stuff anymore um, and avoiding the wastage. Mm. Um, but, but hanging on to, or even having a craving for maintaining um, the important things that are needed in a working relationship. And, and that will mean getting face-to-face from time to time. Yeah. So, so I think that, that side of it is likely to continue and, and yeah, probably will increase compared to the way it's been over the last couple of years. But I don't think it's going to go back to the way it was maybe three years ago. Uh, I, think I, suppose, I think there'll be a new level that will be found. Yeah, and, and I suppose there's, a, there's an opportunity to have 
more meaningful um, uh, face-to-face interactions when you do meet mm. someone rather than rather than transactional kind of discussions because you're not seeing them every day so you can actually have that you know the, the I'd say team building but you can have that you know that getting together and, and focusing on more of the the building culture cultural side of things behavioral side of things rather than just have a meeting because we need to tick the boxes um, yeah. and, you know, or go through some reports which you can be done remotely and you can you can do that as as often as you need to yeah uh, absolutely so we've now got the uh, yeah and again another learning experience we've all been to been through is, is using you know online um video conferencing and video tours and yeah. all the ones that we're used to um and so I suppose what that's done is it's made the face-to-face meeting, it's kind of upgraded it, hasn't it, in some yeah. respect. You know, and the mind goes towards, well, do we need to really meet face-to-face? Yeah. Um, or can we do this over Teams or Zoom or whatever it is? Um, and that's not to say that we are avoiding meeting face-to-face, but we're starting to question the need to do so in certain situations. So, you know, but again, I think that, that that comes down to what I was saying earlier, which is, you know, have we been doing things just out of habit rather than thinking about do we actually need to be doing this? Um, and that's where that's where the, you know, potentially the control of wastage comes into play, you know, because there's a cost and there's, there's obviously time consumption in getting face to face with people when you didn't necessarily need to do so. In our minds, you know, getting a face to face meeting with folk or being with folk you know, more personally, um, you know, is an upgrade, if you like, to the way we've been working over the last couple of years. And, you know, I think we need to think of it as a gift, you know, the gift of people's time, yeah. you know, personal time, you know, is important. It's not something we should take for granted. Yeah. Um, and we should we should make the, you know, the best use of it when we can. Well, Rob, I really appreciate making the time. I feel like I've had my own personal coaching session now, so I, uh, so I do I do appreciate that. But um, but yeah, some really great advice there. I think some definitely some thoughts around resiliency and having that sort of resiliency and having that growth mindset. I think definitely mm. definitely comes across. Um, you know, definitely some things for us to think about. So I really appreciate you making the time. It's been a pleasure, Chris. Anytime. Thanks. Very much.